Recorded live. Okay, so <laughs> we are today going to talk about Janet caught herself saying time management. And I am going <laughs> to say not time management. We're talking about our beliefs about time and our beliefs about time when it comes to our business versus our beliefs about time when it comes to our happiness. And I think those are two potentially very different things. Um, we may, well, and I'm just I'm going to give an example of what that, of a, a client story on this particular subject to kind of highlight what it is that I, I want to highlight here today. I have a client who is about to embark on the coolest career choice ever made. Like, I think that she's birthing something that has so much potential to be amazing, it's not even funny. And she has a ton of love for it. Like, she's in the process of birthing an online news source that I think will rival anything that's on the market right now. Um, You know, in the neighborhood of, like, Huffington Post, kind of awesome. And she has the contacts and the money and the resources and the people resources and the tech know-how and the all of it. And there is no reason that this shouldn't have been launched already, except she's made every excuse under the sun not to launch it. And I've been trying to figure out why, like standing back and finally we spent a session sort of dissecting it. And what is what came to the top really clearly is that she has conflicting beliefs about time. And so what that means is she believes on one hand that at her age, at her stage in her career, with her life the way it is right now, that she wants, maybe even needs, a certain amount of freedom and free time and personal time to do personal time kinds of things like spend time at her club and, I don't know, go to the beach and go on vacation and what have you. Like when she when she thinks about a 40-hour work week, maybe having to do that again, like put in that kind of time, that's not appealing to her at all. Because right now, she's probably putting in, I would say, between 20 and 30 hours a week. And even at that, she's not positive that she has as much time for herself to do the herself kind of things as she would like to have. So, I mean, she already feels a little bit of conflict around time and what is required in her mind for her happiness and her well-being and her physical health. So then the other side of that page is she has this amazing dream, this incredibly amazing, compelling dream goal. And it's not even a dream. I mean, in this case, like I said, it is super workable, super workable. It's not that much of a fantasy. It's, it would pretty much just be like hit publish and start going. But she has a belief that the woman who runs that, thing that she's creating, that kind of sort of media hub or epicenter, 
that degree of potentially popularity in terms of a news website with all that comes with that, she, I mean, she sees Ariana Huffington in her mind, like in the corner of her mind. And what she imagines, what she believes is required, is a tremendous amount of time. That the woman who's running that media empire would be up at dawn and working until dark and, you know, doing meetings in the evening and talking to people on the weekends. And that that empire, the like the person at the helm, it would require a ton of time. And in my opinion, when we kind of talked about what that meant, she's overestimating how much time it's really going to take. But it doesn't matter because that's her belief. And she's got some background in this industry, so she's not really shooting in the dark. She has reasons to, like, make that belief really firm for her. It's going to take some effort to talk her out of that belief, to reframe that belief. I mean, Janet, you did lifescaping. I mean, it kind of comes down to that bit about do you do you roll with the belief if you want to make it happen bad enough, or do you work on reshaping the belief, recreating the belief to be something more that you want it to be? It's kind of a toss-up. I mean, whichever is going to be easier. But the bottom line is, as long as she feels a conflict about how much time she wants for herself so that she can be who she wants to be and be happy and healthy and thrive versus how much time she believes it's going to be to be successful with her new empire or enterprise, it, the empire or the enterprise probably is never going to take off. Or it will take off and it will always be rocky because her belief over two things that matter regarding time are drastically in opposition of each other. They clash. They they don't they simply don't allow for enough time. So I'm gonna to toss this over to you. Janet, does that make sense? What are your thoughts? Give me give oh, me a totally rundown makes, on what you're thinking. Yeah, totally it makes sense to me and um I kind of battled with this for a long time in a slightly different way. And when I say battled with I may still be mean battling with <laughs> but a belief about um hard work and because I had some pretty good evidence that uh, working hard would, in, would it was dangerous. I've had two career-changing injuries that both resulted from overwork. And um, so I, I totally relate to this. And it's interesting that it's shifting. I can tell that it's shifting. But um, so this client example speaks to me really strongly. It's I think we all do it. The question, well, and maybe that's not true. You know, in some form or fashion, most of us probably do it. The question is, are we aware that we're doing it? And mm. awareness is really key. Awareness doesn't solve the problem, but it's the first step in solving the problem. Guest five, is that, or Joy, is that you or is that Jessica? I guess it's me, Jessica. Yay, it's Jessica. I usually <laughs> see you show up with your name. So I know that you have, time has been a challenge for you, sometimes more than money, most of the time more than money. Can you relate to this? Does this make sense to you? I was thinking you were talking about me in disguise. <laughs> Until you said it's a media model. Oh, thank God, it's not me. <laughs> yeah, it's totally related. <laughs> And the thing about time is time, our relationship with time, 
because it is it is actually I mean we talked about last week maybe it's bendable but even if we're bending it time is still measurable it's finite as opposed to money which is infinite I mean we can have as much money as we want we can't have as much time as we want no matter how we're bending it there are going to be limitations around that so if we don't manage our relationship with time we will never fully master our relationship with money because those two things are intimately connected. They're married. There's always going to be some sort of pushback on the money if we aren't at a complete state of ease and alignment when it comes to our time. So that's just, that's the nature of the game. So I'm going to ask you guys a question. Like, Janet, how much time, and we're just taking it by the week, how many hours a week do you think a successful coach needs to put in to be successful? Uh-huh. <laughs> that's that's kind of like a trick question. <laughs> because if you had said, well, I, how many hours do I think I need, <laughs> I might have had a different answer. But this is a really... Okay, so a, f- a couple of weeks ago, I was at a... My, I'm part of this local sort of tiny group of women called the Hot Seat Group where we just go and use it as a way to bounce ideas and stuff like that. And I found myself writing down that I just want to do 10 hours of client work a week. So that might be a face-to-face or, or Skype coaching or it might be an astrology consult, which is audio or whatever, uh, and 10 hours of not client work. So 10 hours of everything else marketing writing etc and I was really shocked it was one of those moments where it came out of nowhere and I it was almost like my hand was writing down this measurement and the rest of me was going are you kidding me there's no way I could make a successful business we're only working 20 hours a week so there's a disconnect there what I want is 20 hours a week and relatively well corralled so it's it's relatively predictable and um, planned so I can work everything else around it. Uh, but I've got a suspicion that what I believe deep down is that a coach, successful business person, needs to work 60 to 80 hours a week. And those two, this is a really good call for me because those two, that, that belief and that desire, totally incompatible. Okay, well, you've had some time with your time inventory. What are you? How's your time inventory measure up? to either of those two things? Well, as you know, Lisa, I've just, I'm just in recovery from having house guests. Um, very de- sort of, you know, emotionally draining and demanding time uh, house guests. And my time inventory, I began it just before I had this revelation about wanting to do the 20 hours. So I haven't had a chance to go back and look and and measure it. And I haven't been particularly... Uh, vigilant with keeping it once I had a house guest and we were spending the entire day at visiting her uncle at Sovereign Hill the outdoor museum where he works uh, you know I just kind of went oh this day's written off so therefore I you know I didn't even occur to me to write anything down which was kind of dumb because actually I was running a Facebook group challenge at the time so I have been doing business stuff I have been doing coaching stuff I have been doing conversations with my clients so 
The short answer is, I don't know for sure. I haven't been measuring properly, but I have a suspicion that I'm not that far off the 20-hour mark and I don't feel like I'm doing anywhere near enough. Okay. Jessica, how much time do you think a successful industry-leading coach needs to put in? Well, I think between 20 and 30 hours per week because success in my world means a lot of white space in terms of time. So success is, is very tied to how much free time I do have or any people have. So I would say it's 20 and 30. And your follow-up question is, I am just revamping this like <laughs> today or maybe a week ago, because I realized I am actually putting on 20 hours to my business. So maybe just the mind needs to catch up to the to the reality that is happening. So, yeah, and I also realized that I am not, I do not have, as Sarah Gentile would say, I do not have one part-time job or one full-time job, but like five part-time job, meaning I do my finances, I do my invoicing, I do my client care, coaching itself, sales, marketing, and all that stuff. But I like, oh, <laughs> that's why it feels so confusing and draining for me. So just, I had this mental shift just early this morning. Uh, what I decided is I wouldn't dedicate at least half day to each one of those roles and my attempt is to hire at least two of those roles uh, finance and client care so i'm there but i feel like the whole new side is weak than even yesterday i think that i have i, I similarly share a view that well, is that true? I I was all prepared to say something that might not be true. True. I mean, that's yeah, it is true. I think that the the maximum for me to be happy, like my happiness mark, is somewhere between twenty and thirty hours a week, and not less than that. Surprisingly enough, I don't know if I would be happy if I was working less than twenty hours a week. I think that would not have the positive impact on my happiness and thriving levels. Because I love my job, but 40 hours a week would be too much for my for my thrive factor. So that 20 to 30 hours a week is probably a really good benchmark for me. I am probably doing, you now it depends on who you ask, because again, when I was doing my time inventory, like I said last week, I have too many, I have more than 24 hours in a day because I multitask too many things. So if I was to stop my multitasking habit, not work in the evenings and not work on the weekends, um, I would be well within that 20 to 30 hour range. But because of my multitasking, I am over it significantly probably. And that does affect my thrive level. My belief in terms of a what it takes to be an industry-leading successful coach my belief lands me right around probably 
and it's awful to say it, but I, I think that coach is doing a 40-hour week, not more than a 40-hour week, but probably more than 30. So I still have a mismatch in terms of belief. Um, and I can see that mismatch. If I was to do some sort of like a chart, right, I would probably see a mismatch in terms of how much I'm making compared to how much I want to make, actually. So I can see how those that, that mismatch in my alignment is creating a, a bit, not a tremendous, but a bit of a deficit in my income. And if my misalignment in terms of those two sets of beliefs were larger, I think that deficit in my income would be larger than it is. Don't you guys think? Mm. So I'm sure the answer to this question for both of you is, um, have you both read The Four-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss? Yes, yes. That was the book that allowed me to step back from my corporate job and disappear physically first, and then, yeah, yeah, I've read it. I haven't. Janet, you haven't. No, I haven't read it, no. Okay, so the four-hour work week is our homework for this week. Um, And not because I think it's literal, and not because it actually even straight across applies because it is not, I don't think there's a literal translation for us as coaches because our business does require client time. And the model that Tim Ferriss is using in his, quote, four-hour work week requires, I mean, it, it doesn't require any client time. It can all be done differently. But I think there are concepts in that book that really rise to the top in terms of time, about how to leverage time, about how to make time work, about how to manage time in ways that shorten the gap, close the gap between what we believe is possible and what is really possible in terms of income. And I think the biggest thing that rises to the top when I look, when I read that book, and I am going to reread it in our little four-hour work week book club this week and maybe next week, depending on how long it takes, is that when we are working, we are very rarely working with an intense amount of work focus. And again, that does not, of this, our client time is separate from this conversation. So basically what we're saying, I mean, Janet, you said 10 hours of client time and 10 hours of other time, admin, marketing, whatever. Tim Ferriss mm-hmm. would yeah. say that during that 10 hours, if you were doing that 10 hours like it was your last day before vacation, like no bullshit doing that 10 mm-hmm. hours, that that 10 hours is more than enough, more than enough. That it's how we apply ourselves during the time that we are working that really matters. And I forget what the number is, but, I mean, he, they've done studies and surveys on this, that for most people in an eight-hour day, they're actually only working like 3.5 hours. That totally so, makes yeah, sense to me. Yeah. Lisa, Go I ahead, want, Jessica. Want, yeah, I want to because I am about to drop the call, but I want to offer something that I just came up with. It, it's not only how, the, what are you saying, but on top of that, it, it combines your productivity cycles. You can tell 
lunar cycles or whatever. Like when mm-hmm. when we and I am just starting to experiment with that because there are days that I literally don't want to do anything, and that doesn't mean that I am a lazy person because other days I am super inspired and powerful house. So it doesn't matter every the the, the account per day, but what does ma- what it matters is the average. Like yeah, maybe I have might have two or three quote-unquote lazy days or done-nothing days, but there are other days, depending on my moon cycle or whatever thing, that I can do the work of a week, for example. So I've just been exposed to that knowledge, to that wisdom, and I plan to apply that in the next couple of weeks. So, And I plan to apply that next year, so how, see how does that feel. Because we are fortunate enough to craft our time around our own bio cycles. So, yeah, it's not only what you do, how focused you are, but what time in the week or in the month are you. That also impacts. And I've just recently been exposed to that. So I haven't experienced that just yet. And it's something that I'm working on in this process of figuring out my time. Because my observation on that subject is that I have five days, maybe six days a month, where I'm worth crap. I'm just worth crap. Frankly, I'm worth crap for my clients. I I don't show up particularly well. I will continue to show up for my client calls. But what I have done historically my entire life is push through those five days or six days, whatever it is. Stay on track. Keep doing the thing. Don't lose a beat. Just keep going, keep going, keep going. When in reality, I believe that if I more or less gave myself that six days a month off, or at least six days light, as in super light, that I would be more productive. Because when I'm pushing through, then I have to spend another five days recovering my energy from that push. So, I mean, part of Tim Ferriss's, like, theory is when we work, we work hard and we work smart. And on those days, I can do neither. I can't do work. I can't work hard, and I can't work smart because I'm not in my best place at that time. So part of my plan, speaking to that, is to more or less give myself five or six days a month off. And that may impact the rest of the time. I mean, maybe I have a week where I do a little bit more than I normally would. But I think the concept being, when you read the book, is that, we we need to figure out how to maximize the, like, truly optimize, kind of leaning into what we're going to talk about with Charismatic Woman, but optimize the time that we are working so that we can drastically decrease the amount of time that we're working and close that gap between where we are and what we think is required. So, Janet, what are your thoughts on that, any of that? That was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um I think I'm still back at the kind of the whole concept of how um, you, the, the 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 that idea that you can ring much more out of each hour than uh, I can ring more out of each hour than I probably am right now. You know that idea of, of focusing the productivity and what if you're working the way you would the last day of your vacation, etc. I'm still really kind of. Uh, I'm sort of rocking back on my heels a little bit at that one because I recognize the truth of it and I also, that does feed into 
the old anxiety about hard work because that it was doing a, a huge amount in a short space of time that caused the elbow injury. So I'm, I have some stuff to kind of, and I know I'm not going to be doing physical thing. I know, you know, intellectually, I know that this is not the same as that, but there's a part of my brain that's kind of going, you better watch out. You better be careful. If you do it with too much focus, you're going to screw things up again. So I, I need to unpack that a little bit, I think. Because I totally see the value of it. And, I mean, I'm also conscious that I have just uh, prepaid for six hours of um, VA work. The first time I've ever had um, a, somebody lined up to do admin work. Uh, and I have specific things that I'm going to get her to do. And I'm feeling kind of weird and anxious about being a boss. So there's a bunch of stuff which isn't exactly specifically time related and yet it is it feeds into that relationship with time so I'm shifting it and I feel like I'm <laughs> I'm doing that wobbly tightrope thing of walking along a new new terrain and not quite sure how to navigate it and doing it with as much uh, care and not a non-judgment as I can manage so so that kind of does feed into, and I guess that's where my focus is when it comes to this conversation is on the, the, how do I do stuff differently now, so that I don't, either a repeat stuff I've had that's happened in the past, or I don't screw it up because obviously I don't want to be expending a lot of time and energy for something that isn't, isn't useful or doesn't move me forward. So there's a there's a bunch of stuff feeding into this that's, that's sort of I just have to sit with, I think. No, I don't want you necessarily to sit, like for real. Okay. And this is going to be a fairly short call because we're going to go to our homework, we're, we're going to do it, and then we're going to reconvene on this subject. That book was revolutionary. That book changed the way a lot of people saw the possibility of work. I know people where it changed everything about how they did everything. So I would like us to read the book. And like I said, don't read it for detail. But read it for the energy of the possibility and sit with the energy that is those concepts and then re-examine. I don't want to, like, marinate in the uncertainty or the the anxiety about how we've done it wrong in the past or how we could do it wrong in the future, mm -hmm. I would like to inject like a whole different brand of energy on this topic and then let's, let's come back and not problem solve but recreate. I don't want to problem solve time management. I want to recreate mm -hmm. time possibilities. But I think that Tim Ferriss did an exceptional job of painting a picture about what is possible. And it's plumb yes. packed full of the kind of wisdom, not the details, but the kind of wisdom that I think that is going to be required for me to be able to close that gap between what I think is required and what I really want to invest. Sorry, my dogs are going berserk. So that is what I would like to do is leave it at homework for right now. And then let's reconvene on this subject next week. 
because I think that we have identified that we may not be all of us, Jessica probably the closest, but none of us may be fully in alignment in terms of our beliefs and our time management. And so let's let's infuse some magic, some sort of alternative wisdom before we try and solve that problem. I like that very much. Mm-hmm. And I really like that approach. I have to say that re- recreating time possibilities rather than solving problems, I t- I'm totally on board with that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the reality of it is is traditional wisdom is not going to change. It's not going to solve my time management issues unless I'm willing mm. to invest more time. Yeah, I, mean, there's, I get it. Because that linear time management business, there's only 24 hours in a day. That's just where we're at. So, And if I invest more time, then in my belief system tells me I'm compromising my thriving and my well-being. We're, we're kind of up against the rock in the hard spot. But I, there, is, there is alternative wisdom. So let's read it and apply it. So hang on just a second. I'm going to shut down the recording. <laughs> 